This podcast right here is called I Said What I Said with Joe and Janelle, where we talk about any and all sports. In particular, right now, we want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the NFL with just a little college news. Welcome aboard and thank you for listening. What it do, Janelle? What's up, good people? I'm excited. We've week two. And the Cowboys did what? They won. Yep, they won this week. It's all good. Everybody in the world is happy. Everybody in our world is happy. Exactly. And um, if I do say so myself, my prediction was pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, you was on the money. You was on the money, as per usual, as per usual. Thank you, thank you. But, yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to have to get a T-shirt, another one. I had a Zeke one, and, of course, he left us, so. So what's the other one? What's the new one? Oh, you don't know what the new one is? I'm thinking Parsons. Okay. Okay. Yep. It's all good. I'm thinking Parsons. Well, there is a little bit of sad news. Trayvon Diggs, ACL time, out for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. That's the breaking news. Uh, We'll get particulars later on, but yeah, that's the crazy news right there. That's 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 terrible. Yeah, I mean, I think the Cowboys going to survive it, but man, I mean, we was, I mean, we flowing along. We haven't hit no hard teams yet, and uh, we got a pretty easy game coming up. But man, it always hurt when you lose somebody like that. But let's talk about uh, uh, the people that's going to replace them. All right, so we, of course, know we have a veteran, uh, Stefan Gilmore. Yeah, Gilmore is pretty good. I mean, he's a little old, but uh, instead of, you know, he he was 1A and 1B. He still got the skill. He still got the know-how. So instead of us losing uh, one corner, I mean, losing the one corner that we had, we just lost one of the good ones. So we can still kind of roll coverage his way, and he's a very smart player, and he's a very physical player, as we said before. So I think I think we'll be fine on one side. What are your thoughts on Gilmore? Yeah, I just think I'm wondering, like you said, if he got enough gas in the tank to to hold us down. Um, but then we got some young bucks, right? Yeah, that might be able to step in. Well. You got you got Deron Bland who's been playing the nickelback position, and the nickelback is the guy that go, when uh, other teams go three wide receiver, the nickelback usually takes the slot. And he got to be a really good coverage guy. Usually they're a little smaller than the regular corner. But uh, Deron Bland will be moving. He will most likely be moving in the spot for uh, t- uh, Trayvon Diggs. And then we got Jordan Lewis back from – what is what do you call what is that injury? I ain't gonna pronounce it right, but you will. <laughs> I'm not sure. Did he have a uh, hernia? No. Plantar plantar what is that? Plantar fasciitis. There you yes. go. I'll be saying plantar fasciitis, plantar whatever. Say that say that again. <laughs> plantar what? Plantar fasciitis. There you go. 
That's you what really you got. don't. Let me tell you what that is in layman's terms. Roger that. Your feet are so flat that they end up being a problem for you versus anybody else. And especially if you're very active. So okay. just for the people out there who want to know. Yeah, yeah. So they got him. We got him back from that. And so he's going to take, Jordan Lewis is going to take his regular position at uh, Nickelback. So that moves Deron Bland into uh, the cornerback spot for Trayvon Diggs. And we'll talk about uh, Deron Bland a little little later. For sure, for sure. So, you know, the question is, what is this impact on our defense and the season? With Trayvon being out, I think Trayvon being out, you know, it, it, we still have an elite defense. That's why you got to have more than one player on your defense that impacts your defense. It's a big loss, but I think we can master loss. And what what we end up doing is instead of Gilmore playing one side and Trayvon playing one side, they may let Gilmore travel. And what that means is Gilmore will go wherever the best team's receiver is. Instead of them just, you know, us being like an even-handed team and having two good corners, we'll have one. And Gilmore is used to that because he's been all pro. He's been pro bowl. Uh, Gilmore got I – th- I think Gilmore has a lot to offer. I mean, he only got burned for the touchdown la- against the Jets because he was in the trail position where he's running behind the receiver. His job is to cover the receiver from the back, and the safety's job is to cover over the top. So he's trailing them, and the safety didn't come over soon enough, and they gave up a big touchdown. But that wasn't Gilmore's fault, and Gilmore is a pretty tough player. Awesome. I like the sound of that. Um, but the Jets Hey, win. Mike McCarthy, he got two wins under his belt Yeah, now. Yeah, I thought he called a really good game with the, uh, with the Jets. Um Mike is all about Mike don't care about stats. Kellen Moore kind of Kellen Moore needed a job. You know, he needed uh he was trying to get a uh uh head coaching job or he was always in you know his his play calling was like he was interviewing interviewing for a job. Mike McCoy, you know, the offensive coordinator don't get wins and losses put on his record. His 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 standard is how many yards did I get and how many pro bowls did my quarterback go to? Mike McCarthy right now is calling plays like he don't care about nothing but winning. That's what I like about Mike, and he did a lot of good things with uh, the balance of our team, you know, keeping our team balanced with the running game and the 145 against the Giants and the 255 against the Jets. That, those aren't gaudy numbers, but that's Mike using his system. You know, that's that's the whole that's, – that's my whole thing with Mike is uh, he – is coaching for his uh, legacy, and he's coaching for his life. Because the next two years, if he lasts that long, he got a chance to prove that no matter what happened in Dallas, that I'm a good coach. I agree. I I agree. Because at least at this point, as you said, before he was having to explain Kellen, what Kellen Moore was doing, this time... He doesn't have to do that, and it's it's the Mike show, yeah, you know, I, I, right I, now. I think Mike did a good job of um, uh, getting C.D. Lamb the ball. 
we hadn't seen that in the Cowboy offense in a while. You know, like there were games, you know, CeeDee Lamb had about five 100-yard games last year. I think he was like fourth in the conference in receptions. Everybody would say that's a good year, but it's really not because a lot of his yardage came when they got behind because of all the turnovers from number four. They got behind, and a lot of those yards was empty. Like he caught 11 for 158 against Green Bay. What does that mean when you lose against Green Bay? He was 11 for 143 against the Jets, and they targeted him. They got him the ball just almost at will. He looked a lot like Cooper Cup out there to me, and uh, he, he got open. So that's one of the things I like that McCarthy is doing with, with C.D. Lamb. I think C.D. Lamb going to have a big year in his offense. Because when they try to take him away, it won't be as easy because Mike is scheming to get him open. And then uh, also like the way he used Tony Pollard. People are saying, oh, he got he only had 72 yards on 25 carries. That's a 2.9-yard average with a long of 23. So basically people say, oh, he just had 49 yards, you know, on 23 carries. You know, well, he, I'm sorry, he had 25 for 72. But here's the thing. When he's running – the ball that many times and he's not getting yards, a lot of coaches will give up on the run. And the reason you can't give up on the run is that means you give up on play action where Dak fakes the ball to him and then throws downfield. If you if the teams know you won't give up on the run, they will commit more resources to the run. And if they commit more resources right. to stop your guy, because Tony Tony can can can, you know, Break the break the long run anytime, so that means people going to come up. And when people start coming up, they well, can make more and my resources. question is: Don't you have to stay with the run sometimes? Because doesn't that help with clock time? Sure, but I'm saying that's that's what goes into the uh, that's what goes into the offense. You know, that's what goes into the whole the whole complimentary football. You'll hear that. And that's what Mike McCarthy is doing. He's playing. He knows he has a great defense, and he's playing complimentary football where I'm not going to do nothing to put my defense, you know, in the hole, where I'm not going to throw interceptions on my side of the field. I'm not going to fumble the ball. That's a lot of reason why Tony was in the ball game late in the game because you don't want to put a rookie in there who's trying to do something and who don't really cover the ball. And you, you was yet to put the Jets away in the third, so – Late in the game, Tony got like, I mean, late in the fourth quarter or in the game, the game was, they was up, but he still had eight carries in the fourth quarter, and everybody's wondering why he's still in there. Well, it's because you want your veteran in there to hold on to the ball, to know when to give up on the play and not do something stupid and turn over the ball, let him return it for a touchdown or something like that. And another thing about Tony, he's never carried the ball that much in his career as he did uh, Sunday. And uh, he, um, I don't know. I think this is going to be a big year for him. I think uh, I like the way they're using him, and I like the fact that Mike is keeping up with keeping the ground game, and I like the balance that he's doing. I, I'm I'm buying into Mike. I'm gonna say it again. I like what Mike is doing. I'm I'm all in on Mike, and I'm glad to see him doing some real coaching. I think a move, the move to get rid of Kellen Moore, was almost like Jerry kind of conceded a little authority or a little power to Mike. I don't know. Well, or he's finally starting to get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I'm saying that. And as I say it out loud, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to say maybe Jerry's doing that. Maybe. 
for now, for now, for now. For now. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Hey, we got a, a, a good tight end room going. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Um, it was some folks that I wasn't familiar with. They got the ball and made some touchdowns and yeah. really showing, yeah, we showing let, out. We let Schultz go to the Texans. And I hey, I like I like Don Schultz. He was good for us. But now what's what's the name of the guys we have? We got Ferguson, Jake Ferguson, Luke Shoemaker, and Peyton Hendershot. So we got Ferguson, Shoemaker, and Hendershot. Is that a tight end room or is that the law firm? You know, is that is that is that your is that your <laughs> it injury? It's sounding a little legal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds legal, don't it? Uh them guys uh they didn't make any plays in the first game. Well, they made. They didn't make plays. They dropped balls, and uh, we didn't even see Shoemaker. But uh, this game, they, they they definitely redeemed themselves. They definitely made plays. The, the one touchdown Ferguson had where he kind of snatched the ball and then dove in the end zone at the same time was pretty good, I thought. Um, yeah, I, I think the tight end room is going to make plays in the future. Him, all of them guys can play. I don't know as much about Shoemaker, but it's the reason they drafted him in the third round out of Michigan. But Hendershot was pretty good last year, and I think Ferguson is the most experienced and the best out of all of them because he's had some plays where you go, wow, what is that? I think his problem is, like against the Giants when he dropped the ball, it's just the easy stuff. He can do the difficult stuff. And some, but sometimes players can't do, you know, rec- make a regular catch and turn up, you know, or do the regular stuff. But if he gets if he gets consistent, I think he'll be the guy out of them three tight ends. Awesome, awesome. We we need that. We need that because um, you know more options, more playmakers. You know, gives Dak. A full hand to work with. Roger that. Our high, our defensive players, you know, we highlighted a few last week. We've got some more that are doing some things. Yeah, what we're trying to do every week. Since the defense is the is the best unit we have this year, that's my opinion. The defense is most is 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 the most is the best unit. It's been a long time for the Cowboys since they had a star-studded defense or the defense was better than the offense. I think defensive players don't get enough uh, high, a spotlight or recognition. So what we're going to try to do to get everybody to know the defensive players that you don't know and some you do know is we're just going to highlight them a little bit this 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 coming season. And we're going to try to get three every week. So this is our three this week. Uh, you want to say that, Janelle? I got Leighton Van Der Esch. I got Osa Odigazua, and then Deron Bland. All right, Leighton. Leighton is uh, your former first-round pick, number 55, the Wolf Hunter. Leighton is pretty pretty athletic. He's pretty fast for a big guy. He's about 6'4", 255, and he's pretty fast, and he's pretty rangy, and that means that he can he can go sideline to sideline. The problem with, with uh, the Wolf Hunter is that when he, he has to take on blocks, he's pretty long, so he don't get good leverage. Um, one of the other problems with is that he came in to the league with an injured shoulder and kind of a neck problem. 
So when he gets a, a high volume of tackles, he usually sits out the game and we're missing him. But they've been using him in a good way where they use him in a lot of pass coverage and they use the big guys up front to protect him so he can run to the ball. Um, and when we mentioned the big guys up front, we got Oso Odigizua, number 97. Okay, here's the thing with the Cowboys. They drafted Maisie Smith in the first round out of Michigan. That's the first defensive tackle they drafted in 32 years. 32 years ago, they drafted Russell Maryland out of uh, the University of Miami, and he played on those Super Bowl teams. But Maisie Smith was the 11th pick, I believe, and he was the first-round pick. And this is what happens sometimes on teams where somewhere somebody like number 97, Odigizua, See, I'm pronouncing that right. You know, I'm bad with them names. But I Ode- love it. Yeah, Odigizua <laughs> stepped his game up. You know, he's in his third year out of UCLA. I think in his career he's had four sacks. Well, he's already had three this year. So what happens is you don't know that a guy like Odigizua is going to step his game up. So you go draft a guy like Maisie Smith that you think is going to come in and help you right away. But Odigizua improved his game so much that he's keeping Maisie Smith off the field, which is good. That's one of them good problems because what that does is create depth in your uh, defensive line. Now you got a good rotation going. You know, one of these days you got to pay these guys and somebody else will take them from your team because they pay more money because these guys are getting well known. But, uh, with uh, Maisie Smith on the bench, it's okay. Because if you're a liability, one of my coaches used to say, if you're a liability on the field, you're an asset on the bench. And if you was a bench woman, you hated that. But that's a whole thing. That's a whole other story. But uh, with, with Odigi Zua playing balling out with three sacks already, he keeping the young cat on the bench. And, and the young cat, Maisie, is going to get to play. Because you got Jonathan Hankins, uh, Hankins, and Odigizua playing well. And then uh, another player that we had was uh, Deron Bland. We mentioned him before. I want to I talk about Deron Bland because he's he's pretty special. He caught five picks last year. He's got one this year and one, one uh, fumble recovery on the uh, – uh, he had one pick and he had the, the fumble recovery on the uh, uh, block field goal. What's the old boy's name that blocked the field goal? Can you say that? I can't. And, 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 See, I told and, you I should have pronounced it and, before. Okay, we'll say. Iggy, no. How do you say? Uh, number 19. That's how I'm going to say it. Number, <laughs> that number 19 blocked the field goal. <laughs> but then, because uh, uh, I came from in, in, in Digmina, in Digmina, in number 19. Ig, yeah. Ig, Iga Begini? Yeah, Noah? okay. Yeah. Noah, that's his first name. We going to go with that. One and nine, number 19. Uh, 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 but, no, Deron Bland is pretty good. Uh, he's special because he's one of those guys that he's always around the ball. And back in my day, we used to call them guys ball hawks or ball magnets. Like, wherever the ball goes, it ends up in his hand. So, that's the guy that's going to replace Diggs. But, man, it's something about him where he just gets turnovers. And you need players like that. So we might not be bad off. We just got to shift the coverage, you know. We're going to get Donovan Wilson back, you know, and and the safety and he's coming back from injury, but they he had the calf, he had a calf strain and they kind of they kind of waiting on him, but we'll highlight him at another time. 
And for sure, for sure. So let's see. Well, we how do we feel about? I think the Cardinals are up next. Um, and the Cardinals aren't doing so good. So I think, I think the, our chances look pretty good. Yeah, that's what we don't need to feel like. We need to. This is a. This is a. This is a classic trap game. You know where. Hey, we got these guys, you know, and we these guys suck and we better than them. No, 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 no. You don't want to give a team like the Cardinals life. They got a they got Hobson, uh what's my man name? Josh um uh, I got old man brain today. Josh Hobbs, Joshua Hobbs. Joshua Hobbs is a quarterback they signed three weeks ago. Joshua Hobbs Joshua Hobbs is your uh living, breathing, emergency quarterback for everybody. And uh, he was signed for the Cardinals three weeks ago, and they made him the starter. And he runs around a lot, and uh, he's really mobile. And uh, he he, uh, he can get squirrely. And what I mean by that is he can get lucky. Uh, what have you heard about the Cardinals? Well, I feel like they've just said that the offense is going to be much different than what we've seen in the past because of the change, probably because of her Hobbs. So, yeah, no Kyler, no Kyler Murray. No Kyler, yeah, Kyler Murray, right. is, they're going to hold him out. they probably hold him out the whole year. It seems like the Cardinals are tanking because they're getting rid of all their good players. Um, what I wanted to talk about with the Cardinals is it seems like their defensive line they having problems with injuries on the defensive line, so that kind of that kind of is a good thing for us because we got offensive linemen coming back. Tyler Tyler Smith is coming back. Um, Zach Martin was banged up a little bit, but you getting you getting basically your starting offensive line back, and we've had some some guys get some experiences. You know, some we we played some young guys to get some experience that placed replaced Tyler Smith. And uh, when Zach Martin came out the game last week. So, offensive line is back. We got some good backups, which ties into we don't give up We don't give up on the run. I'm looking forward to see if Tony Pollard has a good game or if they can shut, him down, shut us down again. I doubt it because the Jets' defense is pretty good. The Cowboys moved a pretty, pretty – the ball pretty good on a good defense – the Cardinals aren't nearly that good, and they're having defensive line problems. So you might see Tony Pollard and Dowdell and the little guy, Deuce, Deuce, Deuce Vaughn, do some damage this week. Yeah, you might see Turpin do some damage this week because the, the Cardinals' defensive line is bad, and Mike is playing complimentary football, which is playing through the defense. So we might see Dak have another, I don't know, another 150-yard game or 250-yard game. Which is good. I mean, we want to win games. We don't care about gaudy numbers. And like I said, that's how Mike is calling the game, and I think he's gonna call this one. And what do you think your score gonna be? What is the score gonna be, Janelle? Hmm. I think I'm gonna go. I, I like you know. I like I said. Still twenty four to seven. Twenty four to seven. Yep. Okay. Well. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 31-17. So I think we gonna. I think the Cardinals gonna score late. 
I think they're going to score a little early, make it make us, you know, use some urgency to kick their butt. And then I think they're going to score late just to get an easy one. But we're going to be in control of the game the whole way. That's what I think, 31. So you said 24-7. I'm going to say 31-17. All right. Okay. I like yep. it. Yep. I like it. I like it. Well, in other news, and I feel like we, um, I, you know, Proud, Peacock Proud, really. Deion Sanders, um, the Colorado Buffaloes. Um, yeah. Yeah. There can't say enough good things about what Deion is doing, but also to talk about his record right now, he's uh, three games in. Three yeah. wins. Yeah. They three and oh. And it's a lot of it's a lot of hate coming with that. And if I'm gonna quote the the great Herm Edwards, they three and oh. Dion is three and oh. Y'all don't think he should have won that? Y'all don't think he should be three and oh? Guess what? He can't give them back. He can't give them back. Once you win once you win them, they belong to you. So that's why I always like when Herm Edwards say, Hey, we three and oh. We, you know, at the time, the Jets was 4-0. They was dogging her and was He was like, hey, man, we want them. We can't give them back. What y'all want us to do? Uh, my thing with Dion, what, what, what I, what I, when I think about Dion, I think about the Nebraska game where Nebraska was thumping them a little bit, being physical with them a little bit, and the, the, the Broncos lost composure that game. They had, uh, I think Shador had a personal foul. Not Shador. Shiloh, the safety, his son, the safety had a personal foul. Um, Shador had uh, a personal foul where he took off his helmet and celebrated. And then uh, they had a sideline taunting um, personal foul. You know, they charged them with that. When a ref charges you with your sideline with taunting, he usually, it means that you are talking trash and you are kind of getting close to the field. And he gives you usually about three warnings. I thought, man, Deion's team is really... They have really lost their composure. They might be a little wild, and that's why I felt about the Nebraska game. And you fast forward to one of the dirtiest played football games, college football games that I've seen in a long time played by Colorado State. And I thought at least three times in that game when Shadour ran the pick back for the touchdown, uh, the wide receiver number 14 for Colorado, I forget his name, he kind of ran him into the goalpost. They call personal foul. Nobody fought. Nobody left the sideline. All right. The second time was when they hit Travis Hunter, number 11. Hit Travis Hunter. Um, I, I can't remember his name, Blackwood or something like that. And he hit, he hit Travis Hunter on the sideline. Just the dirtiest play I've seen in a long time. That boy got a lacerated um, uh, the back. If you get hit in the back, it's a lacerated kidney. That's what usually happens because there's no pad in there. But he got hit in the front. This was lacerated liver. You see somebody get hit in the midsection like that, that's usually where no padding is or very little padding is. So, yeah, he had a lacerated liver. He he going to be out for three weeks. Now, what impressed me, I'm, I'm sorry, the third hit was when uh, when the guy drove Deion's son into the Shador into the ground, and he got ejected. I bring up the Nebraska game to bring up the fact that I thought they was out of control. I bring up the Colorado game to say if I was on their sideline and when I played, I wasn't a, a rowdy player. I did what Coach said. 
But I be damn. I'm putting my helmet on, and we finna go beat somebody up. Forget the game. You just heard my. You just heard my brother right there on a cheap shot. Didn't even go for the ball. You just drove my quarterback into the ground. You just ran my buddy into the goalpost trying to hurt him. I probably would have been out there fighting somebody, but Coach Sanders, Coach Sanders is really teaching these young men something. Coach Coach Sanders got them together. What did you say? Did you do you remember what the sign said that you you said he was posting on uh, Instagram? Do you remember that? Yeah, he has he has like five sort of I guess you could say um, encouraging words that he posts up, and I think he posts it up every week when he's going over like what their you know what their plan is um, for the upcoming game. Um, and it's pretty cool if you all don't follow him on um, Instagram. But um, he, you know, his son is, of course, documenting this journey. Right, Bucky. And yeah. um, Deion Sanders Jr. And um, he says, the plan to win, and these are the things, hard work, focus, Discipline, accountability, consistency, and attitude. And he's telling these young men that if you see your fellow player doing some craziness and you're not holding them accountable, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. These are, you know, Mm -hmm. and these are the building blocks Mm -hmm. that he is essentially encouraging these young men and that is my thing, that if you watch him and if you've watched these games, especially in that last game against Colorado State, I'm, I'm much of your opinion, he has drilled into them because, you know, if you watched it, you watched Shiloh pick a pass and run back. Well, Dion ain't ran. He'll tell, he said, he actually made the comment. He said, I ain't ran like that in years. Yeah. He was running along the sideline. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. hugged, you know, several of the players, not just his son. Oh, oh, when oh, they let came me off the field. Let me address that hugging stuff. <laughs> Rest assured that Dion, the father in Dion, is hugging them boys. Cause in a lot of things, right. a lot of ways he's a surrogate father or whatever. Rest assured right. that he hugging them, telling them some encouraging stuff. Like number five, when he's dropped the ball a lot. You know, that boy can ball. And uh Dion hugged him, but rest assured that the coach in Dion is running his little ass off for dropping that ball. You understand? He coaching them. I mean he he being a father, but he coaching them too. It's some love with that discipline. So when you see him hugging, don't think, oh, it's all kumbaya and all that. Hey, he hug him saying, I love you. Make the play next time. But you know, come Tuesday or Monday, you know what you're going to be doing. You're going to be running. But that's 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 what great coaches do. They give, you a, they give you a little bit of both. They give you everything you need. They try to give you everything you need. But my back to my point about what the boys was doing, and back to my point about your sign, the sign that he put up, every coach in college football puts that sign on the wall. 
And and most teams, I would dare to say, eighty percent of the teams in college football would have fought that day. Hell, I'll say ninety percent of the teams would have fought. Everybody has the sign and the rules that coach established, but man, to get them kids to buy into it, they might not win another game this year. I don't care, but I'm impressed with what Dion is doing from that standpoint, where they were so on the edge of being an undisciplined, rowdy team. Against Nebraska, you know that week he looked at that tape and said, "We're not gonna have this. Y'all gonna do what I say. Y'all gonna y'all gonna be disciplined. The whole world is watching Colorado right now, and we're gonna show the whole world that we, as a people, as a culture, as this team right here, we gonna show them that we got discipline." And man, I was I was impressed with that. I was very impressed with that, that they didn't fight because I thought if they lose this game because of that that, that bull crap that them, the other team was doing, uh, it's probably going to be a fight or Dion needs to get his players off the field real soon, you know, like right away. Don't shake hands. I know people think that's bad sportsmanship, but when you got that much violence in the game, it's best to get your team off the field right now because I'm telling you, if I was playing for them, and the guys I played with, we've been buckling helmets up. I ain't taking my helmet off. We're going to go out there and whoop somebody's butt. But I didn't see none of that, and I was impressed by that. Because you get all kind of press that saying, why didn't the linemen fight? Why didn't they take up for the quarterback? Why didn't it? Well, Deion wasn't having that. He wasn't having that. And I applaud, I applaud Prime sure. for that. I do as well. Like I said, I think he's – the bigger picture is – he is pouring into those young men um, and making them better men for it, you know? Yep. And yep. so he makes it – he makes college football exciting right now. Oh, yeah. Truly yeah, he, got, he does. He got all attention in the world. And uh, that damn the, – the Shador, the quarterback, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's showing, you know, he just not – it's just not I'm Dion's son. You know, I'm I'm a real player. I'm impressed now. They do have offensive line problems. He got he got knocked around pretty good. They got to solve that some kind of way. I believe in Coach Prime, but I don't know how talented he is on the defensive line and the offensive line. But I think you know if anybody can overcome it, he can. But nobody expecting to be three and zero. But they got to get a running game. They got to get that. Well, uh, for sure. His, yeah. He still has his haters out there. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. Charles Barkley is already saying they're going to lose to Oregon and USC, guaranteed. Well, um, what 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 motivates? What motivates? Well, what, what? I'm sorry. What makes a great athlete better? Motivation. Motivation. Right. You know, the first week it was Shadur had against TCU. I was at a camp with Greg Bob, Greg Browse. I was at the TCU camp, and he really didn't say too much to me. I was a four-star QB, and he didn't say nothing to me. You know, he didn't really pay attention to me. Oh, okay. All right, then. If you want me to buy into that, that's what you're mad about. That's a bone to pick. All right, then. I didn't say it was like good motivation and sometimes it's contrived motivation but it's motivation and the next week it was like matt rule had said kind of uh um not you know what what are we saying he kind of vaguely said something about Dion and the transfer portal and all of that other stuff and it was like all right man 
Coach said, Coach Matt Rule at Nebraska said something bad about my pops, so we got to get him. And then against Colorado, it was, hey, man, uh, he talking about my mama. Because what Jay Novell said, hey, I take my hat off when I take, when I, my shades and my hat off when I talk to grownups, and my mama taught me that. Oh, no. They had Dion Mama in the locker room before the damn game talking about, let's go kick their ass and all of that, and the mama saying that, and it was all about my mama. So as now this week, Colorado, uh, Oregon's coach said, they asked Oregon's coach earlier this year about, hey, what do you think about Colorado leaving the Pac-12 and going back to the Big 12? He said, man, what have Colorado ever won in this conference? What have they won when we worry about them leaving? That's pretty much what I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what he said. Okay. Okay, so you know Dion them spun that. Oh, he talking about he, he don't care if we leave. Dion, y'all wasn't even there. They was one in eleven. But all right then, you know they 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 got they they got their locker room. I mean they got their bulletin board material, and they looking for some more mo, some new motivation every week, whether it's contrived or whether it's real. I think the first person to beat Dion them is the person that don't say anything or haven't said anything. And Oregon's coach really wasn't talking about Prime's team. He was talking about the Colorado team before that. But you probably gonna hear this year that this this week or to the tomorrow that how much they've been disrespected by Oregon when they really haven't. But if it works, it works. For sure. I I love it. I'm like I said, he's making college football exciting this year it gives you something to look forward to on saturdays roger that um, roger that to look for for his games as long as they don't play late again that that west coast time man hey that game was over at one o'clock they got the nerve to go in overtime they started at nine right doggone four hour football game i hung in there though yeah Yeah. Uh, for all of y'all all of y'all, including my Who partner, went that went to sleep, you know. I don't know how much y'all, I'm, y'all ain't that hardcore. I'm just saying, I was up. Me and a couple of more people that I know was up, you know. Shout out to Missy Adams, friend of mine from, from, from the hood. She was up. She was on Facebook. Who up with me? I had probably about six people. I think everybody else went to sleep. Right? Yeah, yeah. But, uh. Right, right. I, that's okay. I, I concede. I concede. I was 35 and 35 was the score before I closed my eyelids. Roger that. So, so. I was just happy to see another win when I woke up the next day. Roger that. Roger that. So we, we got we got it all in today. Is that it? That's it? We had a shout out. Didn't we have a birthday? Oh. Did we need oh. To? Yeah, I want to shout out to my sister, Jessica Hartfield. Happy birthday yesterday. No, the 20th. She was, so she, that was yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy I love birthday. you. Yep, happy birthday. Well, awesome. I hope y'all will tune in next week. We're going to watch these Cowboys. I'm look. I'm proud. I'm I'm with Jerry now. I'm at the beginning of the season. Talking about we going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, it's way too early for that. It's way too early for that. You got like 16 more weeks. Uh, I'm not gonna jinx the boys like that. It's looking good. Like we said, we like what Mike did. What Mike is doing, and uh, we hope you join us again 
this this is we hope you join us again. And this has been I said what I said with Joe and Janelle. Thank y'all for listening and look us up and we out. <laughs>